39% of the adult population in the world is already overweight or obese. And one of every three children in the world is already overweight or obese. Think about those children 20 years from now. Obesity is killing millions of people every year. 6.5 million people are dying every year globally with heart problems, blood pressure problems, all kinds of diseases mainly derived out of excessive use of sugar. That's more than COVID across the last three, four years. Every year, the sugar industry is a $90 billion industry, almost a $100 billion industry. It's one of the biggest industries in the world. And that's because we see sugar everywhere. That was Ari Melamud, the CEO of Incredo Sugar, a company that's figured out a way to deliver the same sweet taste to sugary food like chocolate with half the sugar. On this episode, Ari is our guide as we dive into big sugar, a global multi-billion dollar industry that very few of us know anything about. Even though sugar is in almost everything we buy and the food that we put into our bodies. I'm Amir Mizrach, and this is The Dejargonizer. Ari, before we start and get into your company, there's been a rebrand lately, there's been funding round. I was hoping you could just paint a picture, a very high level. What is the sugar problem? Like we, we know about obesity and diabetes and heart and teeth, but from your perspective, just give us, why are we listening to this podcast now? How big is this a deal is this? Yeah, thanks for asking, because I think this is really an important point. Sugar is a huge problem. We need to remember sugar by itself is not a bad ingredient. Although it has a very bad reputation, it's not a bad ingredient because it's completely natural and it is a great source of energy for our body. If you talk to the expert, they don't recommend for you, unless you're diabetic, to not use sugar at all. The problem with sugar is that we eat too much of it. We consume about four times more sugar than we should. It's in everything. It's in everything, right? Almost everything that, that you buy. We consume a lot of sugar. Yeah. And it's the main driver for the obesity pandemic around the world. Just to give you two numbers, 39% of the adult population in the world is already overweight or obese. And one of every three children in the world is already overweight or obese. And that is even a lot more worrying because think about those children 20 years from now, the pandemic of obesity is killing millions of people every year. 6.5 million people are dying every year globally with complications derived out of obesity, which is, as we said, heart problems, blood pressure problems, uh, all kinds of diseases, which is mainly derived out of excessive use of sugar. Six and a half million people around the world. That's more than COVID across the last three, four years. Every year, diabetes has increased four times over the last 20 years. And he's expected to increase another three, four times in the next coming 20 years. This is all data from World Health Organization? or Yes. Got it. So definitely, this is something that we need to address. It's one of the top priorities. And we need to understand, as you started saying earlier, is that we see food with excessive amount of sugar everywhere today. So you can find sugar in... Products you don't even imagine, like bread, like alternative meat. Why? 
Ari, why are they putting that sugar in there? One, we love the taste of sugar. We get addicted, in a way, to the taste of sugar. We're wired for it. Yep. Two, it gives us a boost of energy. So that's part of why we get addicted to it. It's not just the taste. It gives us a lot of energy, sometimes too much energy. Three, it's one of the cheapest ingredients inside the recipe. So the more sugar we have, the cheaper the products become. Instead of putting in good ingredients like fibers, like proteins, those could be sometimes replaced with sugar. And sugar is sometimes 10 times cheaper compared to fibers, as an example. Well, for many years, the food industry had financial motivation to add more sugar to our food. If you add more sugar, it makes it tastier and cheaper. That's a winning proposition for everybody except the consumer. Ari, these food companies, they're big brands. They're Fortune 100 companies. They are massive. They have shareholders. They have corporate social responsibility. But you're saying they are driving this. I'm not saying they are driving this. I'm saying that they had motivation. And I think this is now changing. Consumers are becoming more aware of what goes into our food. If you look at the younger population today, my kids read the labels. They would go online and search for ingredients that they're not familiar with. You've raised your kids very well. My kids will go for the sweetest things. It starts with consumers. Consumers are expecting to have healthier food. In the West. Not only. We'd be surprised. I actually thought when I started with these companies that sugar is a Western world problem. Well, it's not. It's even a bigger problem some of the countries in Asia, as an example. India, Indonesia are countries where the consumption of sugar per capita is one of the highest in the world. India has the highest diabetes ratio in the world. So it's not just a Western world problem. It's a global problem. Just let understand this. It's a very poor country mm-hmm. with huge amounts of sugar and diabetes. Yes. Wow. But again, because sugar is cheap... That should not be a huge surprise, actually. It's too cheap. If you go around the world today, I don't know any, there might be a few, but I don't know any company, either large or medium-sized company, that doesn't have at least one, sometimes even more projects for sugar reductions. The food companies absolutely understand that if they want to survive and they want uh, their main brands to keep their market shares, They need to make the products healthier. In preparation for this conversation, I spoke to a few people in the food industry just to get a sense of if and how and how quickly innovation is moving through that. And you've painted here a very broad picture of a global industry with global repercussions. It's really huge. The amount of food that some of these companies through some of their factories are producing is vast. I heard of one factory that has on the roof, 90 tons of sugar that it goes through a month. I don't know if that sounds right. It's not a lot. That's not a lot? No. The sugar industry is a $90 billion industry, almost a $100 billion industry. It's one of the biggest industries in the world. And that's because we see sugar everywhere. Those companies, usually, they don't act until they have to because the business is going well and the sales are fine, marketers and profitability is okay, we can go on. But they're also listening to the consumers. They're listening to the trends in the market. They're very good at this. They always stay very connected to the market and they understand that things are changing. On a scale of one to 10, where are we in the journey of the change 
in the food industry to the more healthy? And let's focus on sugar because we know there's other things. I'd say in terms of awareness and in terms of companies trying to act on it, I think we're a very high score. Every medium to large size company today has at least one project. They have divisions that are called better for you, which means how do we take our current products and make them better for our consumers? So they are absolutely on the right track in terms of the understanding that they need to make our food healthier. We know that food is the number one criteria for our health. Life expectancy, et cetera, is more important than exercising. Uh, I'm not quoting myself. These are the experts. What goes into our food impacts our health more than anything else, besides probably our DNA that we were born with. The companies understand that this is something that needs to be done. They're acting on it. But in the case of sugar, it takes time. And it takes time because sugar reduction sounds simple. So what's the big deal? Let's just cut some of the sugar out. Yeah. Well, it's simple, but it's actually very, very complex. You mean it's simple, but difficult, which is one of my favorite. In this case, it's not simple, but difficult. It's simple, but very difficult. And the reason why it's difficult is because there are a few elements that needs to be added together. One, there are plenty of sugar alternatives in the market, you know, all the way back to the 70s of the previous century with saccharine, naspartame, stevias, monk fruit, new molecules. Sorry, for people who might not have heard this or don't even know how this works, just give us a side bubble here. These are products created by food tech companies or scientists or food technologists. This is the market you operate in. The market has been trying to reduce sugar for a while. And the way they were searching for a solution is either by looking for natural ingredients that are sweeter than sugar. Stevia would be a good example for a product that is natural. It derives out of plant. And in some versions of Stevia, it could be 400 times sweeter than sugar. So that's one track. The other track is the chemical track, artificial solutions developed in the lab for sweet molecules that can't replace sugar. So you can use less of it or you can drop sugar out completely. There are plenty of solutions, natural, artificial, very sweet. Some of them are not sweet enough. They all have two things in common. The first one is that they have a different taste profile. They taste different. They taste different. How they different? Taste. Big, really wildly different? Depends on the solution that you choose, but it could be a metallic taste. It could be an aftertaste. could be all kinds of flavors that you fill in your mouth. People are going to buy it. That are not same as sugar. So if you take a chocolate and you remove the sugar and you put stevia in it, it's going to be a second before you notice the difference. Not to mention your kids will notice the difference. And this is a taste that people usually don't like. So a company has a, a successful chocolate brand. For them to reduce on sugar means that they need to change the taste of the product. And that's a huge risk. And consumers not going to buy the product again because taste is and will continue to be the king. So consumers are making their preference on brands based on whether they like the taste or not. That's the number one criteria. So for companies to reduce on sugar on existing products that they have on the shelf and maintaining the original taste of the product today is impossible. It's basically impossible. And it's impossible because the, the factories, the facilities are too big. No, 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 because they cannot maintain the taste of the products. So that's a big showstopper for sugar reduction. The second point is that these sugar alternatives, the worst than sugar in terms of their impact on our health, taking out sugar, replacing it with any one of these alternatives is not going to make the product better. On the contrary, 
let's pause for a second. Now that we have this picture, right, the health, the economy and everything, let's go into it in credo. You mentioned a couple of sugar alternatives, Stevia and some of the others. Is that where Incredo came from? He decided to take a completely different approach. Instead of searching for a new ingredient, the new Stevia, we've decided to actually be the first company in the world that uses sugar to reduce sugar. We improve sugar so we can use less of it. That's the whole idea. We're the first and only company in the world that is commercially available that can actually reduce significant amount of sugar in food applications by using sugar. Right. Let's de-jargonize that. You use sugar to reduce sugar, meaning you're using the chemical properties of sugar in combination with, I guess it's your own formula. It's mostly yeah, so, right, tell it's me about most it. simple. First uh, product that we've launched into the market almost two years ago is basically 99.8% regular sugar. 99.9.8. So it's 0.2%. 0.2% not sugar. And it allows us up to 50% reduction in the amount of sugar. Wow. How does it work? This is actually very interesting. So let's assume you take a bite of a chocolate. Milk chocolate usually have about 50, 50% sugar in it, more or less. So what happens in our mouth is that we break the chocolate with our teeth And then it dissolves through the saliva and reaches the taste receptors that are mainly on our tongue. And then the tongue sends a signal to our brain so we can sense the different taste that we just made. The problem is that this whole process takes just a few seconds before we swallow. Could be two seconds if you're a fast eater, or maybe four or five seconds if you're a slow eater. It's a very short period. And because it's a short period, most of the sugar inside that bite doesn't have enough time to break, dissolve, and even reach the taste receptors and affect the taste whatsoever. So the sweet taste that we feel in chocolate is only 20 to 30% of the sugar inside that bite. Those particles contain sugar that never been dissolved and reached a taste receptor. It just goes into our body and turns into fat immediately. Extra so, sugar. Yes. A lot of waste because this is sugar not impacting taste whatsoever, just going into our body and turning into fat. That's a huge waste. Now, the whole idea behind our technology is that 99.8% sugar. The only difference is the way we form our crystals. So our sugar is exactly like any other sugar. It's made out of sugar cane or sugar beet under the same process like normal sugar. It looks the same, it smells the same, and it tastes the same, but with one difference. The way we form our sugar crystals at the back end of the process is slightly different, which means that our particles that look exactly like regular sugar are more amorphous. They break and dissolve faster. They're made from the same plant? From the same sugar cane plant or sugar beet. That's how sugar is produced today. We do the same process until the last phase of producing the sugar, which is taking the liquid, drawing it into the crystals. We dry it a bit differently. We're not adding any chemicals. The whole thing is physical. We're adding 0.2% of natural material that is added to the liquid. So it's embedded inside the crystal, and the physical presence of these particles inside the sugar crystal make the structure less stable. The protein structure? No, not the protein structure. It's a natural mineral that we add at the last phase. Think about a crystal with some little dots inside that their job is to interfere the structure of the molecules, how they connect one to the other is less 
organized, it makes the whole structure more fragile. What happens is when our sugar meets our saliva in the mouth, it just dissolves much faster. So under those very few seconds, you actually get more sugar delivered into our taste receptors that actually allows us to significantly reduce up to 50% without changing the sweetness level and not less importantly, without changing the sweetness profile because this is still sugar. Let's go there. We have created 100 tons of Incredo sugar. Yeah. We've created it. It's now in the factory. The doors are opening. It's being loaded onto trucks. And these trucks drive to the sugar factories. The sugar that comes out of the sugar factories goes into the food companies. They buy sugar from the sugar manufacturers. So we will be selling our sugar to the food companies to replace the regular sugar. And these big food companies, these are also big companies, but, but no one knows their name. They're not like brand names. No, because they're ingredient companies. They're in the back of the chain. If you're in the industry, you would know the sugar manufacturers. But what we know as consumers, as the branded products that are on the shelf, so normally we don't know those huge companies, billions of dollar companies that are producing and selling sugar all around the world. Right. Is the demand for them to use Incredo sugar or to reduce their sugar using other alternatives, is that going to be driven by the food companies that are reacting to the consumers? Well, that, that could be a way because that's one model. The way we do this is that we currently produce our own sugar in partnerships with some of these large sugar manufacturers. And we are selling our sugar to the food companies to replace the sugar that they used to buy from the traditional sugar manufacturers. Our sugar's purpose is to replace the regular sugar. So let's assume you are a food company somewhere in the world and you buy 100 tons of sugar a year. By switching to our sugar, you can cut down your sugar by up to 50%. So you don't have to buy 100 tons anymore. You can probably buy 60 tons instead. And let's talk about the business. The fundraise, it says here on the press release that it's Series C, it's $30 million. That's a punchy number in today's markets. How are you going to use this money? We've been commercial for the last almost two years. We now have a team on the ground in the US to work with the food companies that we've just launched into Europe with the same idea. When you say launch, do you mean that you're producing over there or you're exporting from here? We're currently producing in Canada, shipping from Canada to the US. There's a couple of partnerships under your belt. Just very briefly, Blommer Chocolate Company. Give us a little bit of an insight. We are currently running something like 300 projects with some of the biggest companies in the U.S. market. A lot of people don't know the Blommer Company, but Blommer is a huge company. It's actually the largest chocolate B2B company in the U.S. So they produce chocolate as raw material and selling it to companies like Hershey's and Mars and others. And those guys would buy the chocolate and then convert it into the different applications. So Blomer is a huge factory, a big chocolate factory. Uh, it's a, absolutely a chocolate factory. I'm very happy about this launch. Are you able just to give us a little bit of a fly on the wall, an anecdote of how the deal happened? Again, this is an example of what is possible. What we normally do is we go into the first meeting, which we call a POC meeting, so proof of concept meeting with some samples. If I go to a meeting with Hershey, I'll take a Hershey chocolate and produce a new Hershey chocolate at our labs with 40, 50% less sugar in it. And we go into the first meeting with their R&D teams 
and we ask them to do a blind test and tell us if they can tell the difference which one is which. And in most cases, they cannot tell the difference. Hmm. We don't have to say much after that. They understand the potential right there immediately. Okay. Did this actually happen at Hershey's? We cannot talk about Hershey specifically, but it has <laughs> our teams, our sales and technical support teams in the US are doing those kinds of meetings on a daily basis now. All right. In this part of the podcast, we'll say you used Hershey's just as an example, as an example. of it happened somewhere and that, that's for the record. Yeah, <laughs> so we don't get calls from Hershey's. Absolutely. No, I gave Hershey as an example for a leading chocolate company in the US. That could All right. Be an chocolate okay. What I'd like to do now, if you look at this conversation as a path, as a road through the mountains, we started off by looking at the sugar industry, the health implications of it. Then we went down into the sugar companies, the food companies. We started to see that there's already been a change from the food companies to start looking into more of the stuff. You said that your company is doing about 300 projects, which just sounds incredible. And now we are seeing maybe an acceleration towards more adoption of healthy use and reduction of sugar. One of the smartest ways I've heard at the moment is to use sugar to reduce sugar so that hits that whole taste market, which is really important. That'll have, I guess, long-term implications on the sugar industry, the growers, the producers, the transporters, the food companies. That's going to change a big chunk of the world. Take us into that. What is your estimate? Five years, 10 years? When do we start to see real moves? The big question. That's exactly what my board is asking me every time we meet. We need to realize two things. One is that the food industry is a conservative industry. So it takes time for them to adopt new technologies, etc. Two, there's a big risk in this, which is part of the being conservative. Because for any brand to change its recipe is difficult. We remember what happened to Coca-Cola all the way back to 85. When what happened? Oh, New Coke, 85. Coca-Cola, for so many years, decided they want to create a small change in the recipe. And consumers almost killed the brand over a few months. So they had to go back, rebrand it, and relaunch. Coca-Cola probably... Not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing story that is being taught in universities, in marketing courses, how not to do. Companies are very cautious, and rightly so about changing the recipe, especially if you have a brand that consumer like, you're buying, you have a significant market share, why change? The only reason to change is that consumers are asking for healthier food. So back to your question, it's going to take a while. It's not going to happen over two or three years. Let's put the expectations in the right place. I think it's going to take anything between four to five years until we actually see massive products on the shelf uh, with less sugar in it built on our technology. There might be new technologies coming in by, I don't know how many years from now, which I bless, actually, because the more the better, because we are here on a purpose, is to make our food healthier so people can be healthier as well. The market is big enough, and we do not plan to take the entire market. I truly believe that our technology is so unique and really solves a problem that hasn't been solved for so many years that our potential is quite large. So if you think that the market is almost 100 billion, if you take a 5% of the market, that's a $5 billion company. 
Yeah. It sounds like a plan. I guess when you guys are a $5 billion company and there's a lot less bad sugar and extra sugar and extraneous sugar and more and more people, not just people who can afford the chocolate equivalent of Beyond Meat or whatever it is. What's next? Is it always going to be sugar? When you look at uh, our mission, it's not sugar only. There are a few other ingredients inside our food that are as bad, almost, as sugar. Like? Well, read the labels on the front of the pack. So it's uh, sodium and saturated fat. There's some areas for big potential improvements there as well. Our mission as a company is not sugar only, but to make our food healthier by eliminating or significantly reducing the amount of those bad ingredients in our food. We're currently focused on sugar. That's a large enough task for us. If we're talking about the tagline right now, the mission is to use sugar to reduce sugar. Maybe in five years' time, it'll be use salt to reduce salt. I can kill your promo at the moment. Our technology can reduce salt the same way it reduces sugar. The problem with salt is that it's a much smaller market and there are already quite a few good technical solutions for salt reduction in the market. The reason for us not to go there is because it's, uh, from my perspective, the red ocean. And the solution. What is the red ocean? I know what a blue, uh, a blue ocean is just a big opportunity. A red ocean is a burning Lava ocean? What is that? No, it's just... And what's the difference with boiling the ocean? What is boiling the ocean? No, it's not boiling the ocean. Red ocean versus blue ocean, the whole difference is that the space is already occupied. It's already crowded. So it's That's a red, the red. That's the red. So there are already good companies with good technology that can reduce sodium. Okay? That's why for me, it's a red ocean. It's not attractive. The market doesn't need incredible. Now, although we have a great technical solution, but there are other solutions that are, I think, quite good. And therefore, from a business standpoint, I don't see a big opportunity there. So are you going to boil the ocean? This is what I call at the moment blue ocean, because you can see clearly. You can see the problem and you cannot see competition there yet. Ari, that is just a great way to end. I think it's almost like we've arrived on the other side of sugar. Now we're looking at this other big problem but we're going to take this step by step Ari this has been a great conversation I've learned a tremendous amount my pleasure as well alright thanks a lot bye, bye.